Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rakuten, it's the smartest way to shop and save. Earn cash back at over 3,500 stores in every single category. We're talking fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, subscription services, and so much more. Rakuten deposits your cash back directly into your PayPal account or can send you a check. Membership is free and it's super easy to sign up. Rakuten has 15 million members who are already saving. Shouldn't you be one of them? It's a no-brainer. Shopping smarter doesn't have to be harder. Start with Rakuten via desktop, the app, or the extension, and let Rakuten do the deal finding for you. Start saving today at Rakuten.com or on the Rakuten app. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hello there, I'm Tony Gow, and you are listening to We Are West Ham Podcast. To the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards, and James Jones. And there is only one way to start this week's podcast. And Tottenham, from a position of comfort, suddenly find themselves holding on. Cresswell sends it in towards Rice. He couldn't get near it. Snodgrass was hoping it would drop. Lanzini! Oh, it's incredible! What a goal from Manuel Lanzini and the most unlikely of comebacks from West Ham United has happened. (laughs) 
So there you heard West Ham United become the first team in Premier League history to avoid defeat in a match having trailed by three or more goals as late as the 81st minute. Manuel Lanzini already had a place in the hearts of West Ham fans, but he confirmed it with that screamer of a strike. What a game, what a result, what a team, what a club, what a man, what an everything, what a pair of podcast colleagues that I am joined by tonight, as I am every week. What a lucky man I am to have these two as mates. Lucky man to support West Ham. And what a lucky man to have Manuel Lanzini in my life. James, what a time to be alive. How are you? Oh, mate, um, there's no way I'm sending anyone to sleep this week. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still absolutely buzzing. Uh, I still, I've watched that goal back. I think if you look at Sky Sports tweet with the highlights of that goal from Lanzini, he's had two and a half million views. I reckon I've, I can vouch for at least two million of those. <laughs> I've watched it on repeat constantly. It's the commentary that makes it, the, the goal, the timing, the player that scores it. He loves a goal against Spurs, doesn't he? And um, just wonderful to see the looks of the faces of my uh, Spurs supporting colleagues on our Monday morning nine o'clock Zoom call, heading around still from from the night before, and yeah, absolutely buzzing chats. It's um, what a time to be a West Ham fan, eh? And we were exactly. we were worrying about relegation three weeks ago, and now look at us, <laughs> we're going to win the league. I mean, Tom, it was obviously there's no doubt about it. It was the best goal in football history. Um, yeah, I mean, were you still watching, by the way? did uh, There's a few rumours of people having turned off. You can imagine if there was an away end and fans were in that quite a few would have stormed out being 3-0 down on 80 minutes. But um, yeah, I, I know you were still watching for a fact, but how was it? Mate, it was. It really was one of those moments you'll remember forever as a West Ham fan. It's so high up there in the folklore. It's first team to come back from three goals in the last 10 minutes and the goal is one of... It's no exaggeration to say it's probably the best long-range goal in Premier League history. The timing, the like, the crossbarring in, Lloris World Cup winning keeper in a big derby, Lanzini, first goal since May 2019, did his ACL comeback. All of this, all of it just added up to be one of those moments that I've only just hauled myself off watching it now, mate. I haven't slept. Just been watching it now to get off for this. But um, honestly, it was just outstanding and just sharing it with the people. I just was with a few of my mates. And just thinking, I'll never, ever forget this, watching this game. And it was pretty special, mate. And yeah, what, what a team. What what fight. We just kept going. We looked good going forward all game. And I think it's sort of fair play to Moyes with the subs he made in the end. And it just just everything came together. And it just felt like one of those special days. And, and yeah, I remember it forever. Absolutely. We were saying last week, weren't we, that well, I had a feeling it was going to be one of those classic West Ham Tottenham encounters. That is not how I envisaged it playing out, to be honest. But boy, am I, am I glad it did. We're also ninth as well, which is, uh, which is brilliant. I mean, you know, aside from that huge result and against uh, our biggest rivals, or certainly a lot of people view them as our biggest rivals, they're certainly the team I always want to beat more than any other every season. Um, but we, we had a bit of a pig run of games at the beginning of the season. It wasn't looking good. We weren't very optimistic. Neither were lots of the fans. Uh, but we sit in ninth place. All right, we've got a couple of, uh, there's no other word for it, rank games coming up, Manchester City and Liverpool. But, you know, why not? Why not? The, the Premier League is mental this season. Uh, West Ham seem to somehow be, uh, be clawing results against these uh, big teams and, of course, Tottenham. 
Um, but yeah, sitting ninth in the Premier League, which is absolutely phenomenal. Just a bit of housekeeping as usual, let you know what's coming up on this podcast on tonight's show. We've got another packed one. There'll obviously be more delighted reaction from me and the lads on over that Spurs game. Three all at the new White Hart Lane, or as the alternative West Ham commentary calls it on Twitter, West Ham's training ground on Sunday. We'll run through a few texts we had from Tottenham supporting friends when they were 3-0 up. Uh, we'll talk, of course, about Manuel Lanzini, the goal, him comparing it to Pedro Albiangs after the game. We'll speak, we'll hear from the We Are West Ham listeners uh, because we did our Twitter poll as usual. And we've just simply asked, what is everyone's favourite ever game against Tottenham? And there's a few to choose from there. Delighted to say we've got a huge guest on tonight. Tony Carr, former West Ham United Academy director, the legend responsible for bringing through not one, but a few golden generations, certainly golden stars, Frank Lampard, Rio Ferdinand, Joe Cole, and was involved as well when Declan Rice came on board. We'll ask him about the Tottenham game, Declan Rice's captaincy, where does he think it leaves Lanzini? We'll, of course, do the Betway charity bets. Delighted to say we've had another winner. The money really is starting rolling in now, so we'll cover who, which one of the lads it was who pulled in some money for their chosen charity. We've got Steve Tudor on for the opposition view to cover the game against Manchester City at the London Stadium on Saturday. Of course, name that game is back. I'm Quizmaster this week. Um, Tom looking to claw back some points from the bottom of the league. And we'll wrap up as ever with the West Ham women's segment. They lost 4-2 at home to Manchester United on the weekend. Now 10th in WSL. Not looking good for the women at all, but an absolutely packed show, as I say. And we always start, Jonesy, uh, with a bit of housekeeping. So what I'd like to do, first of all, I'm sure it uh, applies to both of you, is just say hello to any new listeners we might have this week. Um, the numbers have been creeping up slowly in the, uh, in the past few weeks. So I thought we'd take this opportunity just to say hello to anyone who's tuning in to the We Are West Ham podcast for the first, second, third time uh, great to have you with us we hope uh, hope you're entertaining enough and then you stick around for a while and of course hello to all of our uh, long-term faithful listeners as well who've been with us for a few seasons now do follow us on twitter if you don't already at we are underscore west ham subscribe to our youtube channel There'll be a link to the YouTube in the description to this podcast and Tom will have the video so you can watch the full episode. He'll have that up by lunchtime on Wednesday. If you listen to this early on the Wednesday, don't worry, Tom will have it up in a couple of hours. And remember, we are running a free West Ham United shirt giveaway at the moment. So head on over to our Twitter. You can pick home away or third shirt, long, short sleeves, whatever you fancy. Um, so go on over to our Twitter and follow the instructions in the competition tweet. Uh, it's quite simple to enter. All you've got to do is uh, like the tweet, retweet it, follow We Are West Ham and tag a West Ham supporting mate in the comments. Are nice and easy. But lads, uh, housekeeping out the way. Again, just delighted. I was so looking forward to doing this show tonight. It's, it's difficult to know where to start. Um, but just give me, James, what's your main takeaway off the top of your head, the best thing about it for you? The best thing about it for me, um, do you know what, I don't know whether you guys have seen it, but uh, Knees at Mother Brown, arguably one of the most popular West Ham forums, West Ham websites out there, been around since the beginning of the internet, and um, I always make a point of checking out their opposition view article after every game, particularly after the ones we've won, and this one against Tottenham, where they, they take 
comments from Tottenham forums. And they, this, this week they did it before, during and after. Um, after every goal. And obviously at the beginning they're going, oh, we don't really care about West Ham. We don't care about them. They care about more. No, it's their cup final, this, that and the other. You know what they're like. And then just watching them get more and more angry in the comments, more and more angry to the point where they're proper slagging us off. Um, and really showing that they do care. They care just as much as we care about that game. They just don't want to admit it. And um, it just showed, you know, all my mates saying, all my top supporting mates going, oh, yeah, you just celebrated the draw, like, like as if you won the World Cup. Like, what's wrong with you? So, like, any football club, any football fan celebrates a goal like that in a game like that, the way it happened, you celebrate like, like you've won the World Cup. I don't care what <laughs> anyone else says. And the way that's all they've got to come back, oh, small club mentality. Yeah, we're a small club. We've got a small club mentality and we're celebrating like that, like we've won the league. <laughs> and, and that's what I love about it the most, the bitter comments I've had from Tottenham fans um, throughout the last 48 hours. And just it's just great to, to get one up on them. It reminded me of when Gareth Bale scored that winner at Upton, uh, Upton Park. It was his last game for Spurs. And uh, it, was, it was great. I know he didn't win the game, but it was great to be able to do something like that in their backyard. Similar, similar, similar circumstances. Um, they always had that thing where he used to score late against us. It was our turn this week, and um, it was just wonderful. And I don't think they actually played that badly. When it was 3-0, I thought, suspect mm. defending, particularly for the first, but we weren't, we weren't terrible. We'd well. had four or five chances. <laughs> We'd had four or five chances, and I didn't think it was a 3-0 game. Um, it, I just worried that we were going to crumble and it was going to end up 7-8-9. Uh, mm. But we held strong, and you know, the, like, the lads did so well to to show that fight and show that courage to fight back even with eight minutes to go, nine minutes to go and, and to give us arguably probably one of the most special moments in our Premier League history or even the club's history really when you, when you look back on it in years to come as Tom said before, we'll remember that forever um, even if we didn't win the game. Like what a moment, um, what a game. Well, I look forward to arguing with you about that we actually played well in a minute, James. I think we played well for all of eight minutes, but <laughs> we'll have a chat. Tom, same question. Mm. Just, um, you know, what was, what was your immediate takeaway from the game? We'll do just, James has mentioned it there, the comments on the uh, Knees Up Mother Brown Opposition View Forum there. We put a little tweet out earlier, which was inspired by my friend, a uh, friend of mine, Alex Milne. He's a sports journalist for the Daily Mirror. He came on uh, to do one of our opposition views um, after a Tottenham game last season. Uh, and he texted me and simply said, oh, I wish I was watching this with you so much when they went 3-0 up. I, of course, at half time, uh, the full-time whistle, sorry, when I'd finally come down off the ceiling of my living room, uh, made sure to reply to that message on WhatsApp and say, yes, me too. Uh, so we'll cover the a topic in a minute. We put a tweet out earlier asking for texts uh, that West Ham, the We Are West Ham listeners had from Spurs fans. We've got some great responses. I'll share a couple of my own. But Tom, what were your feelings after the game? Mate, it was just just the unexpectedness of it. Like like you said, we weren't we weren't at our best, and it just felt like it wasn't coming. I mean, we were. I, I personally, with Jones, in a sense, I think we looked all right going forward. I think that we were always in the game in terms of making chances, but defensively, I just thought they were going to pile them on. When they went three 0 up in sixty minutes, I thought, here we go. And it just slowly, slowly started creeping further into the game. And then four hours missed that one. It was just a fight at the side, mate. Just to not drop your heads and just to keep going, and, and the way and the manner that we did it. And that people off the bench contributed. Yarmolenko clearly doesn't like being on the bench. He comes on and has a huge impact in the second goal. Just 
seeing a squad so together, you saw all the subs, the way they celebrated. Noble didn't come on. I guarantee that hurt him not to come on in that game. And you saw his reaction when he scored. It's a picture of him and uh, Randolph. He's basically on his shoulders, screaming up down the touchline. You think they're a proper squad all together. And Moyes has massively, massively turned it around in terms of the atmosphere. And uh, results-wise, we're starting to do the business. So seeing all the players' reactions, how much it meant to them and, Certain little Manuel Lanzini who's gone through hell and back in, uh, in terms of football injuries recently, pre-World Cup in 2018, and he's never really recovered. And for him to have a moment like that, a crowning moment in a West Ham shirt, which six years he's been a servant. Me and Jones at the start of the season said we were we pro-keeping him, and a certain Will Pugh wasn't, wasn't too uh, favourable on him. But um, he came out and scored one of the great, great goals and just the togetherness and everyone everyone enjoying and reveling a moment like that was what made it so special for me and seeing the videos after the pub in Hornchurch and everyone, everyone West Ham just erupting. It just felt like an eruption of emotion. It was just brilliant, mate. Absolutely. I'm not sure if uh, that goal from Lanzini necessarily means that it was, um, you know, <laughs> that he's a superstar and he's going to play loads of games. I can't, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it later in the show, but I can't see him playing too much more with the arrival of Saeed Ben Rum. But just quickly, uh, Jonesy, I don't know if you've got the um, if you've got the tweet there as well, James. But um, we mentioned earlier, so texts from Spurs fans when they were three new up. So I mentioned the one uh, from my mate Alex Milne earlier on. Uh, delighted to be able to read that back. Um, this this shout out goes out to uh, another friend of mine, Mark Lloyd, who simply said. Uh, Spurs are transformed. There is no way we are not winning the league this year. Uh, that was on a group chat as well, which made it even better. All the group chat of a load of people I play football with. So I was delighted again to reply to that. No words at the end, just a load of the shushing emojis. Uh, so that was brilliant. Have you um, have you got the, the the tweet up there, James and Tom? If you could perhaps read out a couple that we've got on the We Are West Ham tweet before we get Tony Carr on. Yeah, got uh, Matty Brown replied and said uh, someone missed him and said I may have underestimated my 5-0 Spurs bet uh, I hope he lost a lot of money on that that's um, a wonderful and, and fella uh, FPL fella uh, when will the towel be thrown in someone messaged him um, I, I was I wonder who was asking whether when will Spurs towel be thrown in <laughs> 81st minute was the answer to that one they they were lucky to be fair. The clock wasn't going on any longer, was it? We would have definitely won. Mm. And uh, yeah, Rob Rob just said as well. I didn't I didn't get a text, but I think Spurs just really stuffed it up, and we were damn good. Uh, I like that sort of thing. Rob just uh, completely ignored the the Twitter question and just tweet us to let us know how good West Ham were and how rubbish Tottenham were. We've got a, a lot of respect for that indeed. But look, great opening uh, segment. We'll have loads more on the, on the three-all draw with Tottenham at the weekend. But stay with us because we'll be discussing all of that with West Ham legend Tony Carr next. Are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards, and James Jones. And what an introductory segment that was! Beams on the faces of me, Tom, and James after that 
excellent result at the weekend, coming back from 3-0 down on 81 minutes to draw 3-0 with Tottenham with the greatest goal in football history scored by Manuel Lanzini. But I'm delighted to say to talk to us about that and lots more is friend of the podcast and West Ham legend, former Academy director, Tony Carr. Tony, brilliant to have you with us again. Um, we've just We've just covered it and how delighted we were. Uh, you said just before you nearly turned it off, like lots of fans did. I understand, but yeah. how did you? Uh, how, what did you make of that at the weekend? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's all been said, but basically, it got outplayed first half. I thought, and you know, it, you know, it was it looked like hiding, didn't it? it Look like how many they were going to score, but uh, <laughs> second half a lot tighter. I thought we were a lot tighter as a team. I thought we um, carried a little bit more of a threat. We looked like we were going to score. Uh, rather than just sort of how many they were going to score, and once they scored, after even after eight one minutes, thought, oh, oh, you never know. But then once they've got two, and then to get the third was out of this world, unbelievable. Even I was out of my chair. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I don't get too excited these days, but I did on that one. <laughs> that's uh, that's absolutely good. We were saying, obviously, it's uh, it's not great worth being having everyone having to watch it from home. But with a with a moment yeah. like that, I think that that eclipsed all that, didn't it? Because uh, you know, whoever you were watching with, everyone just uh, it was like we haven't seen something like that for for a few years, have we? No, no. I mean, obviously, uh, especially the bonus of watching it at home is you can watch it two or three times of all the different angles and the replays. So you know that, even, especially when it's your team. No, fantastic. Yeah. Well, a great um, result and a little. Yeah, carry on. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, we're sitting ninth in the table now as well. Everyone, of course, got caught up with, um, you know, with what a great game and what a great result it was. But we had some absolute pig fixtures um, at the beginning of the season. There wasn't a great deal of optimism from the first sort of six to eight games or whatever. I know we've got Man City and Liverpool coming up, but what are you sort of made of the, of the side so far this season? Because sitting ninth place after the opponents we've had is uh, something to be applauded. Well, after the first two games, you thought, oh, 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 here we go again, another one of those seasons. But then two fantastic results. Um, first Wolves, which is never an easy game, and then uh, to, to go to Leicester, who were on a roll, who were on a, a real good form themselves, and get a fantastic result. And then to pick that result Saturday, yeah, completely out of the blue, um, I, I just thought, well, you, bring on Man City. You just never know. I think um, you fear them because they're a great side. You fear Liverpool because they're a great side. But if we can play with that spirit and that endeavour and that effort, I think that's the difference. There's a real effort in the team now. So you can see it's, a, in my opinion, you know, there's a togetherness within the group. There's a, you saw that with the, the celebration on the third goal. Um, there was a real t togetherness within the team. And uh, even the subs that came on, you know, enjoyed that, and I'm sure Lanzini did as well with his uh, contribution at the death. But um, no, certainly I go into Saturday's game full of uh, full of optimism. Tough game, but full of optimism. Tony, are you a little bit surprised at how it's gone so far this season? David Moyes has come under. You know, there's been a lot of question marks over whether he he has the ability, was had the ability to sort of take the club forward uh, as manager, and. Um, Instead, he, he seems to have seems to have found the formula that seems to work with the squad that he's got. You know, a lot of people have questioned whether he 
he was backed well enough in the transfer window. But it's been no secret that the players like him. I think we saw last year with uh, Declan Rice going over and hugging him with his goal after his goal against Watford, showed yeah. that you know the players are playing for him. But at the same yeah, time, there's still question marks over him. Are you surprised that David Moyes appears to be getting it right? No, he's a good manager. He, you know, he's he, he took Everton from from um, sort of second fiddle to Liverpool and, and really made them a, a, a good outfit. And you know, and a, a top half Premier League team almost on every season he was there. So he's, he's a top top manager. I mean, um, without you know, letting any sort of no secrets, but I spoke to Stuart Pearce two weeks ago, just before the um, just for Leicester game and. Uh, he was saying there's, there's a real togetherness in the team there, and uh, we're hoping to get one or two more players in. And that was his that was his uh, statement. But yeah, what you got to remember is he, he inherited some very very expensive um, and, and very very highly paid individuals that weren't doing it. With respect to, to you know Philippe Anderson, he he weren't doing it for the team, you know. And he's he's a bit like Mesut Ozil. He only plays when he's got the ball, and when he hasn't got the ball, he's almost a passenger. And um, and I think he had to sort of juggle around that and find the formula and find the players that that, that he wanted that's going to give him that um, shape and team ethic that he that he he, he requires. And um, I think we're going. I think we're getting there. And I don't think we're there. But I think we're getting there. I think um, we're a little bit harder to beat. We've kept two clean sheets up until the first twenty minutes Saturday. And um, we're a little bit harder to beat. And um, that's why I'm a little bit confident about Saturday because Antonio's playing very, very well uh, up front. We look like we can score. We look like we're a threat going forward, at, uh, you know, for long periods of the game, where last season we weren't. And um, I'm full of optimism. I'm not saying we're going to make Europe or we're going to make top six even or anything, you know, like that. But I, I think top half pushing... Uh, Eighth, ninth, who knows? It's, I think that that would be a good for me, a good season. Mm. And, and if we get on a roll, you just never know. You just mm. you, you might just in this unusual of seasons, it might just work for us. Tony, what did you make of the the transfer window that we just had? Obviously, Dean Garner left, and it was a bit everyone kicked off about that. One of our own, and yeah. then we left it to the last day to sort of get our uh, marquee, shall we say, player of the biggest name in, and. Uh, like Pussyfoot about didn't get a centre half in until the very last week as well. He's probably going to be fourth choice. Do you think what we've all said here that Moyes is doing a good job? Do you think he would feel a bit let down by the window, or or is it just a matter of it was a tough transfer window to get things done and recruitment will come in January? What what was your take on it? I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it was a tough window. Um, mm. I think obviously David Sullivan and David Gold weren't going to give the money uh, that they gave the previous manager because obviously. Mm. My personal opinion, it wasn't well spent. Mm. Uh, our team was unbalanced and we paid a lot of money for average players. And I, I say that in inverted commas, mm. but they're not average players individually. They're very, very, very good players. But it didn't quite fit into the shape or we, we were a little bit unbalanced. And it was crying out we needed strength in defence because we conceded so many goals as a team. Mm. So that starts at the front, that starts in midfield. And then obviously... The last gap is your goalkeeper in your back, your back four or back five. So, I, th- I think he's done as well as he could with what was available. And I think it was, I think a lot of it was waiting on Anderson to go on loan, so it freed up his wages. Obviously, the 18 million that was reported for Grady, 
was um, obviously a welcome uh, boost to the budget. So um, I think, you know, it's, it's only someone said to me, or listen on the radio, about 10 weeks away from the next window. So mm. let's see how we do for 10 weeks and, yeah, and maybe revisit it again. Maybe we could reinforce again. Mm. I don't know the budget. I don't know the finances of the football club. But um, um, maybe we could have another little uh, go at it next time around in January. Yeah, Tony, obviously we've done some good business, didn't we, with Thomas Suchek last January. I know he came in yeah. on a loan and the, the deal officially went through this summer. But that was a good move. Just quickly, you touched on it there, um, obviously still in contact with Stuart Pearce. He was in the first team while you were still working at the club, of course. Yeah. And yeah. famed, famed reputation as a player. No nonsense, all that sort of thing. Obviously a very talented footballer as well, which I think often gets overlooked with Stuart. But what, uh, what impact do you think he's had on the squad? Obviously it took a bit of a while for him to be reintroduced back to the club after David uh, came back again. What sort of, what, what do you, um, how much of the, the new steeliness uh, amongst that team do you put down to Stuart's impact? I think, I mean, David, I mean, what we're seeing is typical David Moyes, I think. You, you, you've got to do your shift. You know, you, whatever position you're playing, you'll know your role um, and you'll know what's expected. Uh, and I think Stuart's there to, just to reinforce all those uh, all that, all those philosophies that David Moyes wants, and I know the other coaches. I know, I know Nobby, uh, uh, and I know Alan Irving from his days when he was at other clubs, and I was the academy manager and academy director. I've met Alan many, many times. Uh, he's a good coach, really good coach, really inventive. Paul Nevin, I know from his time at Fulham, Brighton, and so on. They're, they're good young coaches, and um, I think. Um, I think there's a good balance there between, you know, very technical coaches and very good coaches. A little bit of grit and determination from uh, Stuart. Who, who, you know, Stuart Pierce. He's, he's like it on the pitch. You know, he, he won't let anybody get away with slacking. That's not his style. You know, and he'll say it as he sees it. So, you know, as long as the players respond, you know, you can be as tough as old boots. But if the players don't respond, you know, you, you know, you're banging your head against the brick wall. It's not just about shouting and hollering. It, they've got to, you've got to earn their respect. But I think once you've earned their respect and they know what's expected, it's up to you then, the coaches, to say, hey, honey, you dropped your standards today. That wasn't right. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And if they respect the coach and the staff, they will respond. And if they don't respond, they don't, get, they don't play in the next game. It's as simple as that. And I think we've got depth in the squad now. I think we've got cover in most areas. Um, and... Um, Let's see how we go in the next 10 weeks till January. But um, I'm optimistic. I'm really optimistic. The, for me, uh, the, the big bonus of the, the transfer window was the fact that we've still got Declan Rice at the club. Uh, yeah, after you, all, you've only got to look at Declan's face after that third goal went in. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. That's not a player that wants to leave. Yeah, <laughs> and right. I, yeah. And, and, and I think that before. I think when he when he I think it was the Watford goal uh, that he, he ran to the, the touchline with David Moyes. That that's not the behaviour of a player that that's unhappy and wants to leave. Um, I think the ball was in West Ham's court. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know for fact, but I'm sure Chelsea were interested. And if David Sullivan, the owner, wanted to sell him, he would have sold him. But obviously, he stayed firm. And and not once has Declan come out and said he wants to go. Not once. And he's been very positive. He's the captain now with Mark. 
you know, not getting a regular place now. Um, and I can only see him getting better and better. You know, it, players move on nowadays. You, you, you don't get the Lampards and the Brookings and the Billy Bonds who, who basically stay at clubs for 30 years. Mark Noble's the complete um, opposite to what most professional footballers do these days. Four or five years at a club, make their reputation, move on. Um, and there'll be time for Declan to do that if he wants to. If he wants to. But, um, you know, no, no one would begrudge him that. But, um, no, certainly um, I, don't see it as, I don't see him as a player that wants to go. Famous last words, you'll probably end up going in January. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I hope not, anyway. Do, do you think it would benefit him, though, that um, instead of, you know, I know that there, I think it's been documented that it wasn't a bid from Chelsea, but a few people have said that, you know, actually it would probably benefit him to, to stick around a little bit longer at West Ham for his development. You know, he's... he's He's just off, you know. He's, he's got 11, 12 caps now for England. He's off the back of a really strong international break, captain in West Ham to to big results in the Premier League, like the one we saw on Sunday. Um, and he, he wouldn't he wouldn't be captain of Chelsea. He wouldn't get that experience of being, you know, moulding himself into a lead, having experience of leading a changing room. Do you think that long term it'd be better for his development just to hang around one or two more seasons at the club? Oh, 100 percent. I think you summed it up well there. I think um, he would. Uh, and he's like I say, he's 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 a regular in the team. I think he's the only player last year that played every match in the Premier League. Um, he uh, he's the captain of the football club. He's an England international. So going to, going to Chelsea or going to wherever we say Chelsea, we don't even know Chelsea are interested. But that's the club that's been banded around that that, that, that have been interested in him. But um, certainly, the only reason he would move is one to get European football. And two, to get more money. They're, they're, they, for me, would be the only two reasons he would move because he's already in the England team playing at West Ham. He's captain of West Ham in a Premier League. So what more do you want? And, he, and you're playing every game. Why so, would you break that you, positive you, cycle, would you? It, well, why? Why yeah, would you exactly. go there and be, be a bit part player? Only if you're getting another 50 grand a week. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm throwing these figures out in the air. But, but he'll probably but get a new contract to West Ham soon, won't he? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, most definitely. I mean, he, you know, but he'll end up being up one of the highest paid players there. Yeah. And um, at the end of the day, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in that situation. And we're talking sort of telephone numbers when we talk about players' wages these days. So, you know, you can't you can't grasp the sort of money they earn. Mm. But um, they, they would be the only two reasons that, that for me, would want to move. European so, football and or more money. If he, Tony, if if he gets another contract, he'll be on academy director wages soon, won't he? Nearly, not quite. He <laughs> <laughs> should be saying. Oh yeah, if only. Yeah, Tony, if I've only. got to ask you about the man of the moment from the weekend, Lanzini. He's obviously been a bit out in the cold at West Ham recently, had injuries, and yeah. and that it sort of didn't feel like he was actually going to get much playing time in the league this season. But what can a moment do? What can that moment do for him? Do you think we'll see a bit more of him or do you, do you think that's just sort of a moment before he's about to leave, either in the summer or January? Because where, where does that now put him in terms of Moyes' hierarchy? Will that even change it at all? I mean, I don't know what the coaching staff mm. feel about Manuel. I don't, I don't know, but um, certainly that goal will give, him, will give him individually a massive lift. Mm. Massive lift. You know, and the, and the celebration... You could yeah. see the relief, you know, I'm back, I've scored, you know, 
Mm. This is the feeling I want every week. You could see that. Um, Mm. So it'll give them a massive lift. Whether he'll start Saturday, I doubt it. Mm. Uh, But it'll certainly be there or thereabouts on the bench. Um, But um, certainly for me, his injury didn't help him. Um, A big injury. I think it was an ACL, I think. A bit like Van Dyke's going to have an operation. And that you know they were they were career threatening injuries twenty years ago. You you never come back from an ACL twenty years ago, um, but nowadays surgery's moved on and you do. And uh, but it will affect them, and it, and it has affected Manny. And you could see he lost that little bit. He lost that edge when he was in the team. He lost that edge. He wasn't as effective. And and and, and him and Anderson in the same team. You know when they when we didn't have the ball. They were that they weren't part of what was going on. They they waited for us to win the ball back again, and you can't do that at the Premier League. You get punished. And it's not a criticism. That's just talented, talented players that um, that wasn't fitting into that that the, the moulding of the of the team that the manager wanted, or the shape of the team the manager wanted. So he's got a bit to do to get back in the team, but that won't do him any harm at all. It'll give him massive confidence. Mm. Absolutely. Obviously, uh, worth remembering Saeed Ben Rama coming back in the team as well. Look, great to hear from Tony as always. We're lucky enough he's going to stick with us for next section. Uh, we've got the Betway charity bets coming up. Uh, Chad from Betway that we all uh, we're all familiar with now has kindly agreed to put another fifty pound charity stake up for Tony to get involved with our bets this week. We had a winner last week. Uh, one of the boys pulled in some money for their chosen charity in the Tottenham game. So stick with us for all of that next. So, Tony Carr there suggesting that Manuel Lanzini might have a little bit of an uphill battle to get back in the team, especially with Saeed Benrahma floating around and, uh, and looking for a spot in the starting eleven as well. But, of course, what a game. Uh, Tony delighted, just as me and the lads were. And another thing we are delighted about here on the We Are West Ham podcast, um, twofold. First one is the Betway charity bet section, as we do every week now. Betway kindly give us £50 each as a charity stake and any winnings go to the charities that me and the boys are playing for this season. James for DT38, Dylan Tombidi's Foundation, uh, Tom for Isla's Fight, uh, money goes towards Isla Caton's fight against cancer and me playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. Um, Tony's joining us this week and he'll be having a, a selection of his own. Thanks to Chad at Betway for that. But Jonesy, first of all, before we get on to next week's bets, you won some money. I've got some money in the bank, boys. Yeah, not ones that have been given to me by Chad. I've actually, <laughs> uh, I've actually got a legitimate win. Um, and all I needed was uh, was that Balbuena goal. I needed West Ham to score. Um, having had both teams to score over two and a half goals, no rate and a half corners. I think it ended up being about 12, 13 corners in the game. So I had that wrapped up. Um, and Tottenham, over two and a half goals, came in within 16 minutes. So I was literally waiting for that for that West Ham goal. And luckily, Fabian Balbuena, on his 50th West Ham appearance, popped up and, and won £87.50 for the DT38 funds. So... Yeah, buzzing for that. I'm off the marks. I'm going to be a little more braver with my future selections. Absolutely. I was pretty close. I mean, I'm glad it didn't win in the end because I had goal in both halves, over three and a half goals and Gareth Bale to score. So when he went through, I thought, ah, well, they're going to be 
four two up or whatever it was at that stage. Um, but at least I'll have some money for Bobby Moore fund. But he put it wide, and I was uh, delighted. Manuel went on and uh, and grabbed the goal for free all. But uh, what's the league table looking like, Jonesy, at the moment with the money that we've currently totted up after five games? So um, just me and you will with wins. Tom's still waiting for his. Too ballsy. Well, we, I'm going for two ballsy bets, lads. I've had to tone it last down. Week, last week, yours was massive, 50-1 to one shot. Um, mm. So unlucky not to, not to get that one in the bag. But, yeah, we're currently on, between us, we're on £267.50 um, between and the three of us. So, that way, of course, doubling that at the end of the season, aren't they? Exactly, so, 520-odd yeah. quid or whatever. Not bad. Not bad at all. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, Tony, yeah, I say me and, me and the lads were close last week. You all have, um, uh, did you know, uh, say James is doing it for the Dylan Tombides Foundation. Did you know Dylan uh, while you were at the club? Yeah, I, was, yeah, I signed Dylan and, and you know, well, I remember his first day at the club, his dad brought him along and we had a scout in Australia. Well, it wasn't a scout in Australia, it was a, it was a friend of mine from many, many years ago that moved to Perth and, um, and, he, and he used to come over every summer and used to bring an, an old player with him just to uh, um, see what we thought of him. And he said, I've got a young boy coming over. He plays in my little team out in uh, Australia. His name's Dylan Tom Beadies. Would you have a look at him? So I said, of course I would. You know, you recommended him. I'll have a look at him. But from the first day onwards, first few days, I, I decided we we're going to sign him and spoke to his dad. Our biggest problem was at that time is that he was an Australian national and um, you couldn't sign anybody from outside the EU. Unless the, unless the family were, were in England uh, for non-footballing reasons. In other words, they worked in England for non-footballing reasons. And um, fortunately, Dylan's mum, Tracy, she worked for an international uh, casino. And she was transferring to London to work in, in a casino in London. So that, that solved that problem. So we, we obviously we signed Dylan. And um, you know, the rest is history, as they say. And... I, was, I had the unenviable task on the morning that he died um, of telling the youth team squad I got a phone call uh, during training and I had a phone in my pocket that Dylan had passed and um, after training I had to sit the boys down and tell them that their former teammate of last season had passed which was you know I can remember it now a terrible terrible moment and um, such a brave fight I don't know if we've got time to such yeah, a brave loads of time. Yeah. Mm. Such a brave, brave boy. Every day he used to come in. He'd be gone away for treatment for three weeks or so and having chemo and losing his hair and all sorts. And um, he'd come in and he'd train as hard as anybody. And he'd work as hard as anybody. Unbelievable. Always positive. How are you, Dylan? Yeah, good. I'm good. I feel good. I feel all right. And obviously Sam gave him his debut, didn't he, in the League Cup. Um which was fantastic. And um, the last time I saw Dylan was at um, Chadwell Heath. It was lunchtime and we were all eating lunch and he came down, leant against the wall. And uh, I looked, how are you, Dylan? Expecting a positive result. And he looked down at the floor and he just shook his head. And I, I, I can't get that moment out of my head. I, I, you, you, you know, you're talking about Dylan there and DT38. Just reminded me of that. And I thought, oh no. And two weeks later, he, was, he had died. He went to Germany for a last ditch operation or treatment. And uh, obviously, cancer is, is so aggressive. He had a very, very aggressive form of testicular cancer. 
and um, passed away too soon. God rest his soul. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, lovely words from Tony there. James has spoken to uh, Tracy on a couple of occasions already, and we're delighted to be raising money for such a good cause. We're uh, trying to champion a bit of awareness as well, just reminding everyone at home to check yourself. Uh, Trevor Sinclair yeah. tweeted and let everyone know that last week that he'd checked, found a lump on his um, testicles, gone and got it checked, and it was all okay. So uh, definitely important for everyone at home. Yeah, don't, to be, don't be embarrassed about it. Exactly that, exactly, yeah. Exactly that. But no, lovely words uh, from you, Tony, there. Well, look, we're, um, I say, James is, uh, James Jones is fighting, uh, playing for DT38 this season. Um, we've got a few quid in the bag already after five games. It's looking nice if we can carry on at this rate uh, towards the end of the season with Betway doubling our winnings as well at the end of the year. We're looking uh, like we should be raising a few grand for the charities, which is great stuff. Uh, so we'll run through this week's uh, selections first of all. Uh, I've gone Sergio Aguero to score two or more goals, over four and a half total goals in the game, and a goal in both halves. The goal in both halves has served me well so far this season. And whilst I was delighted uh, with the result last week, and I'm all for Tony's uh, optimistic outlook ahead of the City game at the weekend. We have got a particularly awful record at home, especially to City. And uh, I fancy Aguero might get into his stride. Uh, Jonesy, what have you gone with this week? There's always goals, uh, particularly when City come to to Stratford. It's almost their second home, isn't it? So uh, I've gone for over three and a half goals in this game. Uh, Antonio didn't score last week, but I fancy him. He was a nuisance against Spurs and I think he'll he'll cause City's defence a few problems. So I've got Antonio down to score and given City's relentless attacking abilities and you know we're going to be on the back foot quite a lot. We're going to allow them a lot of the ball. Um, it means that there's going to be a few fouls involved. And I think Creswell, got Creswell down to be carded as well. Um, I literally couldn't make my mind up which defender to have down as carded. So Creswell was almost just a, a, a random pick out of the hat. But um, yeah, I think, I think those odds might be, just, might be a little bit bigger than Tom's were last week, to be fair. Yeah, I think so. Tom, talking of, you were pretty bold last week with your 50-1 to 1 shout, which was both teams to score, Kufau to, or Sufau to be booked and West Ham to win. Uh, not a million miles off of that. But you've gone four selections this week, completely broke the mould, and you're mm. trying to have it. I thought I'd just sprinkle a little bit of flair on this selection because it's not, it's not the most positive. Uh, oh, sorry, Tony, I can't back a West Ham win, but I've gone uh, City to win. Over 2.5 goals, over five and a half corners and over two and a half cards. I mean, our back four usually has nightmares against them. So I expect a few to slice slice Aguero and Sterling down. So I reckon a few bookings will be in the game. And like everyone's mentioned, they tend to come here and score three or four every game. So I think goals will be in it. I just think that we come up a bit short, but I think we'll give them a good game, to be honest. Absolutely. Well, Tony, you've uh, you've said you're you're going into it uh, optimistically. Betway, um, so I've kindly agreed to uh, chip in another fifty pound stake this week. Once they heard you were on uh, to get you involved, the bets will be available for any of the We Are West Ham listeners and anyone, in fact, to go and place our bets. Uh, mine, James's, Tom's, and Tony's will be available on the Betway app and website 
this week uh, under the bet builder section if you scroll down you'll find the we are west ham podcast bets and all of our names will be against them so tony we're uh, we're going to put it to you this week you said um optimism and any money betway have said this week that your bet wins will be spread evenly across uh mine james and tom's charities that we're playing for so we're just going to put it to you three simple questions uh, who right. is going to win? Or you can have uh, Man City, West Ham, or draw. So what are you having? Um, I'm going for a two-two draw. A two-two oh, draw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so who? I need one goal scorer from either team. One goal scorer from either team. I'm going for Mares. Mares. Okay. And will there be more or less than eight corners in the game? More. More than eight corners. More okay. Than yeah. Absolutely. Great stuff. So we've got draw from Tony there. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, uh, one of the goal scorers and more than eight corners. That's great stuff. Tony, before we let you go, we really appreciate uh, you coming and joining us as always, especially some great insight uh, from you tonight, especially the, the touching story about Dylan from a man who, who knows him probably better than most. But what are you, uh, what are you up to these days? You're still uh, obviously keeping your eye in with the West Ham stuff. I know you're working with the Premier League before. Yeah, I'm still doing a bit for the Premier League, although obviously the last six months we've not been doing anything. We're doing a lot of stuff on Zoom, um, which is not good, but it's, it keeps you in touch. Um, you know, we have sort of 50, 60 people on a Zoom conference at times, sometimes a bit smaller. Um, obviously, West Ham is my team. I follow the team. All my family's the Hammers, so um, follow them when I can, obviously, when it's on TV. But um, just looking forward to trying to get out to one or two youth games. You know, I like to go and see the youth team and the under-23s now and again, just to pop out on a Monday night or a Saturday morning. But obviously, that's not uh, pretty uh, prohibited I mean, it's prohibited at the moment so uh, just hoping is you know we can get out to watch some games live even if only youth games so mm. other than that i'm tender in my garden when the weather's <laughs> fine <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah it sounds like a pretty good way of spending your time so just quickly tony i had a few minutes left um on this segment but what are, you, what are your feelings for West Ham this season you know we ask you this every time you come on and as as always happens with West Ham these things are always changing but what are your what do you think sort of the where we're at now the way we're playing uh, what would be a decent what sort of position do you, can you see us ending up I'd like to see us maybe eighth I'd like to see us if we could achieve eighth <coughs> but um, what I don't want to do is to get too carried away you know, with two great wins and a, and I'm not, let's say an unlikely draw at Tottenham after the first 20 minutes, but uh, it was a great comeback. So I'm hoping that we can. These next two games are really going to be testers for us to show our resilience. And I'm not saying we're going to win them, but um, and you can lose one nil and play very well. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we can carry on this spirit, this togetherness, and this. Um, looking at the team and thinking, well, we've got a chance here. We might score here. We're creating chances here. And um, so I'm looking at top eight, if possible. Um, that would be a good season. Certainly anything less than top half be slightly disappointing, I think. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I think we'd uh, we'd probably all agree with that, especially the way we've started the season. But Tony, thanks so much as ever for joining us. Really, uh, it's great to hear your insight tonight, especially the stuff on on Dylan and Stuart Pearce. And do, of course, let Stuart know that if he ever fancies venting, I know he's friends with everyone at Talk Sport because of all his work there. But if he ever wants to come on a West Ham podcast, I'm sure we can make room for him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's normally quite accommodating, Stuart. So next time I speak, then I'll put it to him. Great stuff. Great stuff. Tony Cart, thank you very much for joining us. And we'll let you know, of course, how you get on with your Betway charity bet next week. But stay with us because next up, we've got Steve Tudor joining us for the Manchester City Opposition View. So, Tony Carr there, some touching words on Dylan Tombidi. He's a man who, uh, you know, would have known Dylan far more, far better than uh, lots of people listening. But James, playing for the Dylan Tombidi's Foundation this season. Tony coming, uh, giving us some Betway bet selections for this week for his, uh, what he thinks is going to happen against City on Saturday. West Ham versus Manchester City, Saturday lunchtime kickoff. Always been a, a, a favourite of mine the Saturday lunchtime kickoffs uh, unpopular opinion amongst a lot of football fans but um, yeah it's a game I quite like this weekend I'm not sure quite how much I'll be looking forward to it but I'm delighted to say that we are joined for our opposition view to look ahead to that clash at London Stadium is Steve Tudor from the 9320 podcast to talk all things City. Steve thanks very much for joining us we do appreciate it you've just said to us there before we start the record that you don't think uh, this week Man City are going to burst our bubble because it is a huge bubble that we're all floating along on at the moment after our dramatic 3 all draw against Tottenham. What on earth is it that made you say that? Or is it just because you didn't want to upset us as soon as you'd logged on to the call? <laughs> um, well, I can't continue, can it? It's been quite a run. Uh, was it 2015, um, unbeaten since then? And we do tend to get good results against you and it just can't continue. So some of it's superstition, I guess. Um, you guys are in terrific form, um, some great results. You're looking really together. I believe that it's going to be a very strange season. Um, and I think teams which are showing togetherness and unity and fighting for each other are going to do really well this year. And West Ham looks like they're going to be one of those. Um, we've been up and down. We've been up and down now for well over a year. So, frankly, it's not a case that I'm pessimistic or optimistic. I just fall in between those two. I just don't know what what city is going to appear against West Ham this weekend. I just don't know. Uh, Ten minutes in, I'll have a better idea. But at this point, I just can't see another kind of four nil, four one, five nil. I mean, we've got enough of them. You say 10 minutes in, Steve, but if the weekend proved nothing, is that 10 minutes in tells you nothing about how we're <laughs> yes. going to get on at the end of the Or game. even 10 minutes <laughs> near the end, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Steve, Pep's, Pep Guardiola is already probably going to go down as one of the greatest managers of all time, and for me, he probably is. But how far along in this City journey do you think he is, or do you think we are possibly seeing the last year there because of the Champions League and obviously... Just seems like it's the right fit for him to leave soon, I suppose. Yeah, it very much feels like the beginning of the end phase. Um, he still hasn't committed to another contract. Um, so there's every likelihood he's going to leave at the end of the season. Uh, 
I believe that probably will be the case. Although maybe it depends on how this season pans out. I don't know. Uh, maybe he is just keeping his options open to this point. He certainly loves it in Manchester. and He, he loves kind of you know, the people and, and living there. And he's very happy with the club. And he's got the kind of, you know, all his friends around him as, as regards to kind of the people you know, high up there. Um, so he's got everything in place. But from a footballing perspective, he has to kind of almost start again this season um, after what happened last term. Um, the players just looked jaded. It looked like we needed a reset. Um, we haven't made any, you know, we've made three signings, but it's not been the overhaul that some fans hoped for. So we'll have to see how this season pans out, but it does very much have a feeling that we're in the kind of the final chapters now of, of what's been just an extraordinary time to be a City fan. Mm. Hey, much has been made about Pep Guardiola and City and, and defenders and the, amount, the ridiculous amount of money you guys spend, have spent on defenders over the last few years. It's 400 million quid on centre-backs or something like that. Um, <laughs> Goes up every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you make of that? Of, of First of all, that level of investment in essentially what is one position uh, and you know the quality of, of signings that have come in. See, Diaz is, is a good signing. A lot of people mm. raise their eyebrows on the, the amount of money spent on Ake, not down on his ability. But um, is that that you know the, the the big problem at City at the moment is that not really being able to nail down regular centre backs, arguably since Company left. For City fans, the problem has always been, and it has been before Pep arrived as well, left back. It's always been left back, and the fact that we haven't signed the left back this year. I know Ake can fill in there, but you know an established regular left back just baffles me. Um, we're basically going into the season risking Mendy, who was absent again last weekend, so I have no idea if he's going to start against the Amers. Um, when you look past Mendy, you're looking at um, Ake kind of being converted there. Um, was Zinchenko, who was just lost what he had. He's gone, Zinchenko. You know, basically, we tried to, to get rid of him over the summer and, and we were unable to. Um, yes, we've signed a lot on centre-backs, but when you look at the centre-backs, you look at Laporte, and Liverpool get praised to the heavens for spending so much on Van Dijk and, you know, nailing their one world-class defender. He's our world-class defender. Diaz looks a business. It's too early to say, but he does look like he's got the leadership qualities of what company had as well. Um, so, I, overall, I'm kind of happy with the centre-back position. Um, we were unfortunate with John Stones. It's injuries. With John Stones, it's always injuries. Um, quite why we've never... Just gone all out as soon as Mendy became injured. I think it was like five games in um, when he joined us. And he looked amazing, by the way, until that injury. Um, why we haven't replaced Mendy just perplexes me. Um, we've, we've had Delph in there. We've had Zinchenko in there. Now it looks like we're going to have Ake in there. Just go out and buy a left-back city. It's, it's what Man, we need. It's to let us down. Like Masuaka, you mean? It's, has he been playing well this season? How was he? He always plays well, Steve. I don't know what on earth you're talking about. Well, any time I see him, he plays well. But it's kind of, you know, I see, say, maybe 10 West Ham games a season and, you know, you can't gauge it. It might be where I just get lucky. I don't know. Well, that can't be true because I don't think he's ever played well in 10 games in one season. But... <laughs> really? Every time I see him, he plays well. He has a good no, game. I'm joking. He is the king, ah. the king amongst men. I absolutely adore I him. But it's, it's funny you mention that about defenders because I don't think it's a problem just uh, refined or just just at City. I think what it seems to be, in, certainly in England, 
but the the amount of like world class centre backs or defenders, generally just good defenders at the moment, I think is I don't think there's an abundance of them about, is there? So you you look at Chelsea, they're struggling with their defence. Arsenal struggling with their defence. Everyone always seems to be on the lookout for someone to improve their defence. West Ham, no different, obviously a little bit further down the scale. But gone, it seems to be we're in an era at the moment where we're blessed with an abundance of attacking uh, midfielders and attackers in the game as a whole, not just at the City level or the West Ham level, but uh, there just seems at the moment there's that really, really good, outstanding defenders are, are quite hard to come by. And it seems like a lot of teams are struggling with that. Steve, looking forward to the game on the weekend. It seems like a bit of a futile question. And I always use the Manchester City opposition view as one we almost needn't bother doing every season <laughs> because uh, we, we tend to go into it almost going, you know, oh, what's the point? Are we just writing this game off? And whenever we do write it off, we, we seem to be vindicated whenever we do that. There is Tony Carr, West Ham legend we just had on the podcast before you, saying that he's going into it with a feeling of optimism. He's called a two-all draw is what he's gone for. Uh, I'd like to share in that optimism with him, but is there any chance you think of, of it going any way other than a City win? I look back to the game in December 2017 where you caused us all manner of problems. Uh, Moyes set you up just right. We couldn't find the spaces. I anticipate that he'll go like that again. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'll go for a 2-1 win for City, but it will not be easy by any stretch. A 2-1 win for City. Do you, what, how do you see the game going style-wise? Is it going to be the usual City with all the ball and dominating possession? And Possibly. Of more interest to me is how West Ham set up, and particularly with the recent history of, kind of you know, how well we've done against you. Um, we won't have all the possession. <laughs> Fair enough. But I mean, early early doors where you could kind of come out and where you kind of look to cause us problems, mm-hmm. or will it be a case of just trying to contain us and keep it quiet for the first 20 minutes? And um, given the form that you're in and how up the players are going to be, maybe it might be the case where Moyes sets you up quite conservatively, but the players go, you know, a little bit more kind of uh, advanced early on and, and give us a real good go. So the first kind of 10, 20 minutes are going to be really interesting to me. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I think the uh, the last three opposition view guests we've had on now have all come on the We Are West Ham podcast and said that they're the team they're representing is going to win. Charlie Eccleshare from the Athletic, Tottenham correspondent for the Athletic, came on last week and he he went for a for a Tottenham win, but by a much tighter margin. The Leicester. And Wolves representatives we had on the week before uh, guessed their teams were going to thrash us. So hopefully we carry on uh, the form with you there, Steve, saying City are going to win 2-1 um, and West Ham pull something out of it. Lads, just before we let Steve go, I'll just get your um, score predictions for this weekend while we're on the topic. Tom, how do you see it going? I am a Pep fanboy, so I think they'll pass off off the park. 3-1, but I'm with Steve. I think we'll give them a good go in the first half. I think we'll hurt them on the counter-attack where they'll work us out. So 3-1, but it'll be a good game. I really think it'll be a good game. Jonesy? It's City's second home, isn't it? Stratford. Um, I think it's, what, 25-2 on aggregate since we moved in there against City. <laughs> um, That's kind as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah we're lucky to get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, see, I mean, I, I agree with Tom. I think we'll, we'll give it a better go this time. I think we're on a bit of a high. Um, and Morris has got a setting up playing, playing quite well. So I can see a scoring. 
I'm going to go like Tony Card did. I'm going to go for a draw, but I'm not going to go for a Desmond. It'll be a one-all draw. A one-all draw. Excellent. I love that. Which means I'll lose my bet way bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what it is. 25-2. What a stat that is. Well, you know what? Um, I, I think it's going to be a high scorer. I, I was telling everyone that it was going to be a low scorer against Tottenham last week and uh, made it look an absolute numpty off the back of that. So I'm going to go high scorer, but I'm going to go 4-3 to City. But uh, I, I fancy a uh, an exciting high-scoring game. Whatever happens, I just hope we're we're in it for the uh, three goals. That might have been just for the podcast's sake. What I actually feel deep down uh, might not be reflected in what I've just said there. But Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Steve Tudor there from the ninety three twenty podcast for the Man City opposition view, previewing the West Ham against City Saturday lunchtime at the London Stadium but stay with us because next up we've got more competition it's name that game and I am the quizmaster are still listening to the we are west ham podcast with me will pew tom edwards and james jones what a show it's been so far me and the boys still grinning from ear to ear after west ham became the first team in premier league history to come back from three nil down inside uh, eight minutes with eight minutes left in a premier league game away at tottenham on the weekend absolutely brilliant we will cover in the uh, the final section of the show we didn't have time earlier on because we had the outstanding West Ham legend Tony Carr, former academy director responsible for bringing through Joe Cole, Frank Lampard, Rio Ferdinand, Michael Carrick and all those other big names. Uh, had him on the show earlier and given us some great insight, chatting to Stuart Pearce in recent weeks, West Ham assistant manager and of course with that anecdote about uh, Dylan Tombidi's very touching words from Tony there. But we move on. Briefly away from real life football and uh, as the West Ham game at the weekend will become a historic game that fans will look back on forever. That is what we do with Name That Game each week. The quiz master who this week is me picks a West Ham match from history and collates seven pieces of information about that game. Uh, I read them out from one to seven. The boys can interrupt at any time and try and guess the remainder and each player gets a point for each correct piece of information they get right about the game. The scores at the moment is James Jones quite far out in front on 13 points. Uh, I'm in second place, but can't win any points uh, this week, of course, because I'm the quiz master on seven and a yawning James Jones. Absolutely bored two bits with my introduction to this segment uh, is he's on 13 and Tom Edwards bottom of the league at the moment on just six points lads um, I don't know if either of you have got anything to say before the segment uh, Jonesy 13 points quite a convincing lead still yeah sorry I was yawning it's getting a bit getting a bit <laughs> boring just winning every week boys um, getting a bit tedious yeah. yeah it's been good though I'm you know I'm in form just like David Moyes' side so yeah I'm buzzing well, James, if uh, Phantom Hammer is listening again this week, we of course know that he will be yawning every time you speak. Thomas, uh, six points chance to uh, get off the bottom of mm. the leaderboard this week. Feeling confident? Lads, it was just nice uh, not to be bottom of one of the leagues. I'm bottom of the fantasy between us. I'm bottom of the bet league and I'm bottom of this. So just to get at least two points in, so I'm not bottom of this will be lovely. 
<laughs> I didn't realise that, Tom. I always yeah, thought yeah, so yeah. much of you as well. Oh, no, <laughs> mate. I'm just, my younger brother's on it. What a tragedy. Right, okay. Well, I'm going to get straight into it. And the obscure fact and piece of information about this game is that it was the it took place on the 20th anniversary of Bobby Moore's death. Um, one four four one. Uh, Tom Edwards going for the scoreline then four one. That is incorrect. James Jones, you get to have a guess on the scoreline now. Tom started three two. James Jones, that is correct. With that cheeky little oh, grin yeah. on your face suggests you know what's going on already. But it throws back yeah. to Tom here. James has gone for 3-2, so that's a point for James Jones. The next piece of information required, I'll throw to Tom Edwards. Mm. He's one opposition goal scorer. So Tom Edwards, one opposition goal scorer. Um, Gareth Bale. That is correct. Thomas Edwards makes it one or it seems like both of the boys have got it in their head which game I am talking about. But can they get the remaining four pieces of information? One all at the moment after three clues. Jonesy, we need a West Ham goal scorer from you, please. Hey, Joe Cole. Oh, correct, James Jones. What a what a round this is shaping up to be. Not doing me any favours as the boys pile the points on. Thomas Edwards, the stadium, please. Upton Park. Correct. That is two all with two clues remaining. Could we have our first tiebreaker for a few weeks? James Jones, opponent, please. Tottenham. It is Tottenham. Wouldn't it be funny if it was Southampton and Bale had scored for them? <laughs> Uh, Tom, now this mm. is the big one. Which season was this game in? I've got, oh, I just hate this. Twice I've gone one year and it's been a year early. Um, Allardyce wasn't in Mac, but 2012 13. Oh, Tom Edwards, he's got it. It goes to a tiebreaker. Three all. Oh, this is God absolutely incredible stuff. Now, the tiebreaker is the year the game took place. James Jones, you are leading in the overall standings for Name That Game this season. You also got the first question right this evening. So you get to guess first. And the tiebreak question, three all after normal time, is the exact year the game took place. Tom Edwards has told you that it took place in 2012, 2013. Can you please tell me which of those two years the game took place in? I believe it was 2013. James Jones says 2013. Tom with a little resigned yeah. nod of his head. It is 2013. James Jones takes the overall win for the week. Monday the 25th of February 2013. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was skiing in Italy at the time with a friend of mine. And we're both supported West Ham. We've both gone with our girlfriends. We watched the game and it was depressing as anything. We uh, went out and had a few too many drinks afterwards. And um, my friend ended up weeing at the bottom of his bed thinking it was the toilet. We drowned our sorrows that much after that game. I, uh, yeah, a horrible. I won't name and shame him, um, unfortunately. I know he listens. Um, and uh, yeah, but horrific that one I thought we've had such a feel-good factor on the show so far the West Ham Tottenham was the theme I thought I'd throw in a little curveball 
with a game where Tottenham broke our hearts. Were you uh, were you both at that one? Sadly, so. sad. I th- I was uh, in my head for some reason. I thought it was the Liverpool one when we lost four one and we all got Bobby Moore shirts, but that must have been wrong with my date. So uh, I felt like I had to defend myself with the four one shout. That's that's why I'm saying this. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. mate. What sad game? But Joe Cole's comeback and that goal was pretty special. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, goals, West Ham goals, and Andy Carroll penalty on 25 minutes, Joe Cole on 58, and uh, yeah, Gareth Bale, 13 and 90 minutes. West Ham, of course, 2-1 up in that game after being 1-0 down, and Gilfie Sigurdsson and Bale's absolute screamer from about 75 yards out is what it looked like on the TV, right at the death to break West Ham's hearts. But great stuff. So, lads, I will update the scores based on that. I'm rock bottom of the table now on seven. Tom Edwards on nine points. And James Jones, don't get a point, of course, for the tiebreaker. It was just a bonus, but you do get the win for the week. You've gone up to 16 points. Well played, Jonesy. Um, pleased with that, James. You're pretty good at this one, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, do all right. Yeah, just Rogue just Mystery Players stuff. quiz winner. Just know Looks my stuff, like... mate. Just, just yeah. know my stuff. Did you get it straight after the Bobby Moore 20th anniversary clue? Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, wow. For all the wrong reasons, apart from that, obviously. But yeah, I just remember the images of, you know, they did the thing in the Bobby Moore stand, didn't they? The, yeah. The, uh, the fans did the number six. And yeah, just that that image and obviously that goal from Gareth Bow, uh, as wrong as it may sound, uh, kind of go hand in hand in my in my head as, as my memories go for that day. So, um. So, yeah, I had it straight away. Absolutely. I'm not sure if I was uh, unlucky or lucky to have uh, missed that game, of course, for the Gareth Bale incident at the end. But stay with us because we'll wrap up the show with our final segment as we do every week on the West Ham Women. So you are still listening after all this time, uh, an extra long, chunky episode tonight. Some great insight, of course, from West Ham legend Tony Carr. Meant we ran that segment on a little bit longer, but what a pleasure to be able to speak to the great man. We'll wrap it up. Talking of uh, great men, James, great performance from you there on Name That Game. 16 points overall, uh, nearly double, or more than double, in fact, what I've managed so far this season. So uh, not good, but I've got two weeks now, not being the quiz master, to claw some back on you. The West Ham women lost 4-2 at Manchester United, at home, excuse me, to Manchester United in the WSL at the weekend. They're now 10th and without a win from five league games. It's not looking good, is it? We had Isabel Barker on, lads from The Sun last week, sports journalist for The Sun and WSL expert. Uh, you know, She wasn't exactly singing the team's praises either. Calls for rockets up some of the players' backsides perhaps needed. Um, the, the first goal, again, against United at the weekend, 19 minutes it was, was sloppy. Some good goals after that, to be honest. Credit where it's due to the United girls. West Ham gave themselves hope uh, on 83 minutes. Rachel Daly's cross come shot. It was a bit of a Koncheski-style effort. Looped over the goalkeeper to make it 3-2 with about seven minutes remaining. Uh, But United wrapped up the points at the end. Didn't really deserve too much out of the game. Um, Is it time to get worried, James, do you think? 
it's, it's really not looking good, is it? Tenth place, we sort of knew that the girls were going to be mid-table, but no win in five. No win in five. Um, it's four. Four defeats and a bounce in the league. It's uh, it's not looking good. I mean, I don't think they can you can read too much into a defeat against a Man United side like that, um, given the strength that they've got. Um, I mean, they're two, two two signings from from America, both on the score sheet. Um, says we need to know they're a quality outfit uh, in in Heath and Press, and yeah, on the day a lot stronger than we were and they're going to be a lot stronger than us in, in the league they've got a better squad than, than us so can't really read too much in a defeat to, to United but it's getting to that stage where you know even even losing these games is just adds that extra pressure on the longer they go without the longer we go without getting getting a win um, puts more pressure on the manager more pressure on the players confidence is at an all time low and don't know whether they need to ring the changes I know Isabel Barker mentioned last week that you know Beard's time as manager could be coming to an end if you know if, if form doesn't pick up, and I think I think Jack Sullivan and uh, and his team might be looking at it now, going more how, how long, how much longer do we wait before we we look to make a change because they can't go on like this. Uh, they need to start mm. picking up points in the league, and um, yeah, it's it's not good. But um, you know they've got a couple of good performers performers in there. See Rachel Daly with the best goal. In a WSL this weekend. Um, she definitely <laughs> meant it. Definitely <laughs> meant it. Um, so yeah, it, it, there, there's some good players in there. You know, we've been saying for weeks now. It's, it's, a, it's, a, mm. team, it's a team. It's a team with a lot of good players. Just need to start gelling as a team. Uh, yeah, that mm. team's. You know, it's not. It's not one of those overnight things, is it? It's all very well highlighting it. Like we, we've, we've mm. done it. The uh, the football experts or the WSL experts that we've had on um, have said the same sort of thing. I, I do sort of agree with Man United. Four wins and a draw from their five games so far, plus thirteen goal difference. But Tom West Ham's goal difference is minus thirteen. That's the second worst mm. in the whole league, just behind Bristol City, who are bottom. On minus nineteen, they, they mm. Bristol and Villa. Uh, Villa have played three games so far. Uh, Bristol played four in the two places beneath the girls. What, what, do, what do you think? James mentions mm. there about does Jack Sullivan have a decision to make with Matt Beard? Are you buying into that, or do you give him a bit mm. of time? Or add, add, what's your take on it? I think for me, it's just the the real worry is the amount of goals we're leaking. It, it, each week, week in week out, we're seeming to ship three or four goals. And if you're going to concede two to a game, you, you you've got no chance really, whether it be home or away. If you're going to concede every game, then then you're very rarely going to actually get on a run of form. You've got to build from the back and create a solid base. So, first thing Big can do is is address that and start making some changes. Whether that be we go a little bit more defensive and we sharp shop for these next couple of weeks because they're big games. It's Birmingham. Uh, Reading next, sorry, Birmingham and Brighton, all three winnable games and real good opportunity to get some confidence going. But the best way to go forward would be by creating a, a tough team to beat, like Moyes has done with the senior men's, get a team which is hard to beat first and foremost and then worry about going forward because um, I, that's my main overall worry is that it just seems like every week that we're going into it knowing that we've got to score at least two or three to even be in the game at the minute. And that's that's never a formula which is going to be sustainable and work. So, that is what seriously needs to be addressed very quickly because it's a tough, tough league and it's only getting better. The quality all teams in the league are now bringing in is is really exciting for fans of the league, for all players like us. It's, it's great. It's great for women's football and it's great for the country. But 
we need to realise that there's going to be a lot of teams who are going to nick points off people this year. So we've got to sort the defence out first and foremost. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, five goals scored in the five games so far, but 18 conceded. I mean, that's more than more. That's nearly four a game on the, your, your goals conceded average. I know we've played some good teams, but it's not good, uh, not good for the confidence. You mentioned that there, Tom. Uh, Birmingham, Brighton and Reading, the next three games. Birmingham, uh, there's a couple of weeks break now. I think the girls have got to uh, sort of reconvene a bit. The Birmingham away game in the WSL is on the 8th of November. Birmingham sitting fairly pretty in 7th at the moment, that mid-table bracket, where, uh, where which was really the expectation for West Ham to be. Uh, two wins and three defeats from their five games so far, Birmingham, and they thrashed uh, bottom place. Bristol City 4-0 away. Uh, at the weekend and they actually beat Reading away the week before so it's you know they're they're the teams like you say there Tom in that middle bracket of the table which is where we're expecting West Ham to be um that they do you think do you feel like sort of a bit now or never with this weekend do you think Mm. it's relegation relegation woes if not I think we've we've seen football as a funny way of playing. If the first few weeks don't go your way and you find yourself down there, I think it's a mental shift in the squad and you start believing that you are in a relegation shift. So um, I I would like to believe that if you can pick up a few results now, then everything looks different and all rosy and three points can see you fly at the league. So I think it is more or less, it is becoming a pressing matter now to pick up points and performances sort of go out the window for these next three games. And I think it is imperative. Otherwise it looks like it'll be a long slog because just the mentality of being down there in the winter months sort of sets you up for the season. And that's, that's not what you want to go into any season, new season feeling like after about six, seven games thinking you're in a scrap. No, because of those key opponents then, James, just quickly before we wrap it up with those key opponents, just to put you on the spot a bit, if what what do you need? What does Matt Beard need from those three games to keep his job? Oh, I mean, it's difficult to look past the, the maximum points. I mean, I think that's a big ask given the situation that we're in. But, you know, I think if you pick up a win in the next one, then it buys them a little bit of time, buys the team a little bit of time. But, you know, anything, I think anything less than, than six points and I think, I think that it'll be in trouble. I think the team will be in trouble. Um, I can't see them persevering beyond that. If it's not six points at least, um, anything less than that, then yeah, I think we might be might be seeing some changes being made. Unfortunately, Tom, are you uh, being as harsh mm. as James here? Six points. It seems seems like quite a, <laughs> a little bit harsh from you there, James. Yeah, I would. Sorry, I mate. Four. <laughs> if they, yeah, I'd say if they got four out of that. I think mm. I think you'd be happy. I know it's not ideal, mm. and perhaps everyone needs to readdress their expectations mm. for the season, position-wise. But um, mm. yeah, you sort of. What do you think Beard needs think to keep his job? Just thinking from from watching what we've seen with the documentary and Solomon, I think that they've they poured money into the club, and there's no doubt about that. That Beard's had had money at his disposal. And he's got some good players in, and he's got England internationals in. He's got Kenzie Darley, who's been at Leon, the biggest women's club in the world, and and you've got to think that it's not too outrageous to think that he does need the wins now, now and ever. And I would probably suggest that four or six. Yeah. I, I would go as high as that because these are winnable games. And after that, I think we've got a tough game against Chelsea away after this three. So it doesn't get any easier. So you've got to make most of these little runs in the season you get. So fingers crossed the girls will do it because they do have some good players in there. 
Absolutely. 8th of November away to Birmingham uh, West Ham women next up in the WSL. And that is uh, almost it for tonight's show. But stay with us because we'll do, as we always do every week, just a little outro section, a couple of little more bits we've got on Tottenham. And we've got a, a fun game um, based on the West Ham Premier League squad that was announced today. Uh, we're running through some mystery middle names quickly with the lads. And of course, we'll tell you how many points Tom is losing by in the We Are West Ham Fantasy Premier League league so far this season. Stay with us for all of that next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. Thank you for still being listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. It's been a brilliant one tonight. West Ham legend Tony Carr on giving us some great insight on uh, his time at the club, what he makes of the comings and goings at the London Stadium. At the moment, still in contact with West Ham assistant manager Stuart Pearce. Um, Brilliant show, boys, tonight. Um, just uh, wrap it up, as we always do. Normally, I just get some final thoughts on you. We give a little bit of a fantasy Premier League update, and then we go home. We're going to play a little bit of an interesting game uh, tonight. But first of all, we will do the fantasy Premier League. Remember, you can join the We Are West Ham Fantasy Premier League League. Uh, that's the official fantasy Premier League one. Uh, and the code for the league is lowercase, all of these are lowercase, C-N-Y-6-O as in the letter U. So uh, do come along and join in the fun. A quick update just on the three of us. Uh, I played my wild card last week, actually. Not because I felt I was, you know, anything too drastic, but uh, my bench wasn't ideal and I just felt there was there was room for improvement. I got a rough idea of a few players who were going to do things where some value was. Uh, so I thought I'd have a quick wild card. Not too bad. Uh, got 53 points uh, off the back of that wild card. I bought Sun and Harry Kane in. So that did me a favour, even though they didn't get a win out of the game. I am still leading out of the three of us on 273 points in total. But I did actually get the lowest uh, total of the three of us this week. Jonesy, you got 59 points, 257, uh, six points ahead of me. That's two weeks in a row you've beaten me by small margins. Are you creeping up on me again? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think um, I've had a really frustrating start to, to this season, fantasy-wise. I took out, remember when everyone said that uh, Son was injured after he, I think he limped off at half-time against Newcastle, maybe I think it was. So I took him out and put Harvey Barnes in, kept the two million in the bank, thinking, right, as soon as Son's fit again, I'll bring him in. I'll bring him back in. And uh, obviously Son starts the next game against United, scores two assists, seven or whatever it is. <laughs> and then uh, and then I thought, right, no, nah, do you know what? I'm going to leave it a week. I can't bring him in for West Ham. And then what happens in 40 seconds, he scores. And then in eight minutes, he scores and assisted again. Um, and I've, I've I've not had him in, so I brought him in for this week for 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 the, for the coming weekend. But it's just been frustrating. But I, I believe I'm I'm beginning to I'm on the up now. I'm on the up, Chip, chipping away, aren't you, Tom? Yeah. Sixty-five points for you this mm. week. Twelve-point golf between uh, you at the top and me at the bottom. Two hundred and fifty-four points. So just three points behind uh, Jonesy. Um, mm. It's getting it's, it's pretty tight. It's pretty tight yeah. between the three of us. You're only uh, nineteen points. 
behind me. That's easily a one-week swing. Um, mm. Pretty pleased, pleased with a 65, no doubt. Yeah, this week, this week was a big one. I was tossing and turning about the wild card, but I kept faith because it's coming this week because I saw a few of the fixtures fell quite nice and I backed Timo Werner as captain. He he basically got the bulk of the points. So it's one of those, though. Armour Jones has been a frustrating season. Aubameyang and Kevin De Bruyne I've gone with as the two stars in the midfield. De Bruyne injured last week and Aubameyang zero and four. So it's just, it's one of those. But now it's starting to take shape. I think I'll play the wild card and get who I actually want in there because I'm sick of people like Doherty and they're not getting any game time. <laughs> yeah, I, I bombed out. I knew it was going to happen. I bombed out Timo Werner this week. Mm. I was losing patience. Totally with him. Yeah, I was like, stop waiting for him to come good. That's the that's the mindset, Will, that makes a bad fantasy manager. And sure enough, I bomb him out and he bags twice within 25 minutes. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Just a shout out quickly to Josh Bragg. Josh Bragg, whose team, Koye FC, uh, is top of the We Are West Ham League. Now he moves top this week with 365 points. That's the uh, That's the third new leader I think we've had. For the season, yeah, stonking 90-plus week for Josh there. Puts him on 365 all-in, which is nine points ahead of last week's leader, Joshua Rosen, who's dropped to fourth place. But uh, So, fair play to Josh. Well played. And uh, so, anyone else who wants to join, do join up. Lads, just uh, quickly before we go, uh, the West Ham United 25-squad Premier League, 25-player Premier League squad, was announced this afternoon. Uh, Declan Rice and Ben Johnson are under 21, so they don't get uh, named in the 25, just in case you're wondering why they're not on here. But we've got some absolute rascal middle names on here, so I'm just going to rifle through these quickly. Um, you're going to have one one player. I'm going to go alternate players, and you're going to guess uh, what middle name he's got. And uh, if either of you get it right, you get absolutely nothing other than a load of respect from me. So I'll start with you, Tom. Uh, Michael Antonio, what's his middle name? Oh, Robert. Incorrect. Gregory. James. <laughs> Fabian Balbuena's middle name, Z. I don't know. Um, uh, Colin Smith. <laughs> no, Fabian Cornelio Gonzalez. Love that. Um, uh, Almost as if he's Paraguayan. Like, I know. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Cresswell, Tom. Aaron Thomas Cresswell. No, genuinely the classiest middle name you can possibly have. Aaron William Cresswell. James, if you get any of these, I'll massive respect for you. It's a Diop. He's got three. Oh, come on. He's got three. <laughs> Oh, Come on, he's, fr- he's French. He's French. Come on. It's Think a little bit classic greedy, French name. Oh, Be stereotypical. Pierre. No, nope. uh, incorrect. Fred. Uh, no. Nope. Tom, give me a stereotypical French name. Think Claude. Cla- oh, close. Claude. Very close. Think Claude Van Damme. Yeah, Van Damme. That's three names. That's three names. <laughs> Claude Van Damme. No. Uh, Issa, Lai, Lucas, Jean, or Jean. Dion. I should have got that. I'm surprised you didn't, to be honest. Pablo Fornells is brilliant. Right, Jonesy, back to you again. Pablo Fornells' middle name. He's Liam. Spanish. <laughs> I hate playing this game with you. <laughs> no, James, funnily enough, Pablo Fornells from Valencia. His middle name is not Liam. Tom, uh, Pablo Fornells' middle name is Mala. M-A-L-L-A. This is I a already got that one. one. Tom, yeah. you might, I think you might know one of these. Sebastian Allaire, French. Claude, I'll say it again. It's the only French name I know. It's not Claude. He's got two. I re- I remember reading this when he first signed. Jonesy, got anything? 
Um, James. So, right. <laughs> oh, God, I hate you. Sebastian Romain Teddy Haller. Teddy. Teddy as in Sherry. Yeah, bizarre. Uh, right, Nathan Holland, Tom, hit me. Nathan Ian Holland. Very, very nice guess, but no, Elliot. Uh, this is the best one of all. James, Arthur Masuaku's two middle names, please. King Arthur, His Royal Highness, King Arthur Masuaku. Um, in, in keeping of royalty, I'm going to go with um, William. I'll give you a £1,000 if you get one of these. <laughs> William and, I don't know, Henry? Nope. Uh, his Royal Highness King Arthur Fuka Kawela Masuaku. Outstanding. Oh, get out. <laughs> get uh, out of here. <laughs> Mark Noble, Tom. I know this Solid. one. Solid I think step. it might be to- It's not Thomas, is it? What are they? I was Andy Carroll who was Thomas. I don't know this one. It's James. Yeah, isn't it? no, yeah you're on the right lines there, Tom. It was James. Uh, and oh, Angelo's is quality. Angelo Bonner Jonesy. Italian. Uh, Luca. Nope. Obinze. O-B-I-N-Z-E. Oh, I think I knew Obin- that. I, I, yeah, it rings a bell with that. <laughs> was that or Liam, was it? <laughs> um, and this is the last one. I was hoping Andre Armelenko would have a middle name, but it's not registered on here. Uh, Tom, Nathan mm. Trott has got two, and these are belters as well, actually. Nathan Destiny Philip <laughs> <laughs> Trott. <laughs> <laughs> Strange, ah, <laughs> oh, for goodness sake! Strangely enough, Tom, that is incorrect. James, in for the last one to take. I say take all the points. There hasn't been any points so far. <laughs> take uh, some points and I the glory. I can't be destiny as a. I don't know. Um, I like your thinking, though, mate. I, I can't. I don't know, Christopher something i don't know no nathan wallace newman trot wraps up okay but tom i'm gonna give you all the points for the best i need some points in some games i'll take exactly yeah so tom that is the win for you for the west ham squad's middle days no real surprises in the squad like i say think declan rice and ben johnson uh, don't have to be named in those because they're under 21 but that is it for tonight what a show i've really enjoyed that great guests in uh Stee from the 9320 man city podcast west ham legend of course tony carr i think i've mentioned that we've had him on enough times now so i'm gonna shut my mouth about that one but massive thanks to both those guys particularly tony gave some great insight as he always does long time friend of the podcast and we will no doubt hear from him again this season but that's it lads um see obviously as we do uh remind everyone to follow us on twitter we've got considerably more listeners than we have twitter followers uh josie so there's clearly plenty of people listening at the moment don't follow us on twitter is at we are underscore west ham if you are one of those people and you want to join in we're giving away a free west ham uh 2021 replica shirt for this season so uh like the full the classic ones you see you could buy them in the shops home away or third kit uh, if you go onto the We Are West Ham Twitter and follow the instructions on the competition tweet, you've got until Halloween, 31st of October, to enter that. So do go along. We're on Instagram as well, and we are on YouTube, and you can watch all of this show, including uh, seeing the great man Tony Carr himself on the Zoom call. The YouTube description, sorry, the YouTube link will be in the podcast description below. So just scroll down 
and you'll be able to go on to do subscribe to that watch me and the lads week in week out we have a good laugh recording these shows and uh, you can get to see all of our faces my stupid hats tom with his new headphones and microphone and jonesy repping his dt38 dylan tombidi's foundation hoodie as he does most weeks lads great show really enjoyed it get some final thoughts from the pair of you tom start with you yeah, mate, loved it. It's always a pleasure to hear, to have Tony on. And um, yeah, mate, now, now I'm built up. I'm ready for the weekend. Another crazy weekend in the Premier League. Fingers crossed. It'll be more crazy than last weekend if we get anything on Saturday morning. So fingers crossed something happens and uh, we carry on a form in a hard to beat, mate. Because it is actually enjoyable to watch West Ham at the minute, which I never thought I'd say in uh, at the end of last year. So fingers crossed, mate. Absolutely. Jonesy, uh, some final thoughts from you as well. We forgot to do the Twitter poll this week. Um, just before you go quickly, I don't know if you've got the results in front of you there, but we asked the We Are West Ham fans just to get squeeze one last little bit of joy out of uh, having beaten, or not beaten, it feels like a win, doesn't it? We didn't beat Tottenham. We, of course, drew three all with them, having come from 3-0 down. Just some quick um, results, Jonesy, if you've got them there for the, uh, the We Are West Ham Twitter poll that we put out earlier because we like hearing from the listeners of course yeah asking the asking the fans what their all-time favorite game v spurs is um the the winner was the lanzini worldie the, the weekend gone by with 30 just under 37 percent um 26 percent said the rebel show at white Hart lane the 3-0 win 21 percent Wembley come back in the league cup and uh just under 16 percent so lasagna gate um a few, a few people saying, oh, I forgot about Madiba uh, Mega's header at the lane in the League Cup. 1-0 London Stadium, Lanzini winner, and obviously that, that last win against Tottenham at Upton Park in that final season as well. So too many to fit in that poll, but yeah, all brilliant, all brilliant results. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, it was a fantastic result at the weekend. Although we didn't win the game, it certainly felt like it. That is, That was history in the making, Premier League history, but certainly West Ham history. Massive, massive respect to Manuel Lanzini. He's already secured himself a place in the hearts of West Ham fans for all the effort he's put in over the years. Whether or not he'll play too many games for us in the near future remains to be seen, but what a way to sign off if not normally i tell you to keep the faith but there's no need to remind you of that this week because how easy is it to support West Ham when you come back from 3-0 down with eight minutes to go to draw three all with professional bottle jobs Tottenham Hotspurs thanks for joining us everyone come on you Irons and we'll see you next week Network.